0: Hi, everybody. I'm Tim Muma. Today on LJN Radio, we're tackling that elusive idea of innovation and really looking at some reasons many people and companies as a whole struggle with being truly innovative. Joining us for moving up the ladder is Michael Cooper, also known as Coop. He's the founder of Innovators and Influencers, as well as an internationally recognized executive coach and trainer. And he brings with him more than two decades of experience focused on improving management, leadership, and creativity in business. Coop, thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Sam, it's great to be on with you.
0: So we're talking about innovation, uh, a buzzword that people like to use, and uh, many people believe they understand what it means. What does it mean to you? How do you define innovation?
1: To me, it's introducing something new or doing something that hasn't been done before. And sometimes it's combining things in new ways, but it's really to produce something brand new that's never been seen or done.
0: Now, do you feel that most people, or even companies for that matter, actually understand how they can be innovative or how they can work toward that, at least?
1: In my experience, people talk about it a lot. They pay it a lot of lip service. Right. But when it comes down to actually implementing or innovating, people really have difficulty with it, not only personally, but also systemically in their organizations. Sure. They're not set up to embrace or actually produce innovation.
0: Well, we will get into some details with that as far as why people do struggle and why, as you said, even organizations systematically can't really handle it or they don't set up for it. Would you say then, and you kind of alluded to it, organizations aren't even set up to succeed? Like they don't even have it as part of, as you said, they may talk about it, but they don't really have it as part of what they're looking to do.
1: Yeah, they don't. And and it's where I see a lot of people are, are frustrated with inside organizations. But typically an organization, unless you're a technology organization or you've started in the last few years and innovation is at your core, typically innovation is something that comes after a period of success where either the leaders of the organization feel like they're threatened or they have to offer something new and that's when they start talking about innovation. But at that point, if the business has been successful, there are policies, procedures, and people in place and, and they're really protecting what they've built to that point. Hmm. So that actually goes against innovation normally.
0: Right, right. Well, let's look at some more detail as far as, uh, you know, why people have this issue as far as innovation goes. One reason that I had seen you mention was just the idea of comfort. Explain what you mean by that a little bit.
1: Innovation really means you have to push the envelope, and that means personally as well. So one of the things I find that get in the way of people innovating is their own personal comfort level. They're used to their daily routine. They're used to the way they've always done business. And that comfort level gets in the way of really pushing the envelope, doing something new, trying something. And it may even, you know, it bleeds over into specifically for leaders. If you have an income stream or revenue stream that's been really healthy for you, Mm. you may have to cannibalize that in order to innovate. You may have to be willing to give up that revenue stream to bring on a new product or new service idea. So personal comfort level is, is a, a really big barrier. And it often means you have to fight with or uh, argue against some of the, your past successes or history in your business to actually innovate.
0: And a lot of what you're talking about really is it comes down to risk. Is that something that's sort of a scary word for people?
1: <laughs> well, you know, as an executive <laughs> coach, I, I talk with people about risk all the time. Right, and people right. say they're comfortable with risk and they want to take risk. But really when you're, you know, talking about, destroying a revenue stream or ending uh, the life cycle of a product or something like that. It's very rare that people embrace that and do it willingly. They usually have to be forced to do it (laughs) or convinced or argued with.
0: (laughs) Now, from what you've seen then, is it a matter of people, I guess, as I said, going back to the comfort idea with the risk, do people just not take those risks then when push comes to shove, they decide it's not worth it? How does that sort of play out in a lot of people's minds?
1: I think a lot of people just don't take it. And that's why, you know, innovation is such a buzzword. People are talking about a lot, but not a lot of people are really doing it. And I think people come up against what they know. You know, the big thing about innovating is you're doing things that have never been done before. So it's a lot of unknown territory. It's a lot of virgin territory. So if you're really comfortable in your current surroundings, then breaking out on your own, doing something brand new may be really uncomfortable.
0: And you alluded to this too, as far as within organizations, the idea that systemic norms often get in the way. Can you give the listeners an idea of how that can really hold back innovation in a company?
1: I can give you some specific examples. Great. I can't name the company names, but <laughs> I was working with a very large video game console manufacturer. Okay. And one of the things they hired me to do was to, to train 400 of their managers how to embrace and champion innovation in the company which was a great gig. However, I challenged each of the managers that I trained to identify all the reasons why their current managers and the current structure wouldn't allow them to do something innovative. Hmm. The list was exhaustive. Really? Then I asked (laughs) asked them to identify the the things that their managers had asked them to create, asked them to do that was new and different. They couldn't come up with one thing except for a new game. Hmm. And so, you know, systemic norms, we are comfortable. We go to work every day. We've got our particular practices, our comfort levels, our systems, our processes, our policies, our procedures, and they often get in the way of introducing something brand new.
0: And that is interesting, especially you figure, at least in my mind, any organization that's dealing with video games, you'd think they would be more on the cutting edge of trying to be innovative and using those technologies to their advantage. But it sounds like It really does kind of go across the board as far as these systemic norms that can hold you back.
1: And I'm not saying that they weren't introducing new products. They were introducing lots of new products in the game. But when you really come down to the design of the actual console itself, there's one or two people isolated in the company that were focused on that only. But the rest of the organization was encouraged to innovate. They just didn't have the, the permission to or the opportunity to innovate.
0: Would you say then that a lot of companies don't even put in the time and effort and really standards in place to create, to really have that innovation piece where if you do fail, you know, it's okay. That's what we set it aside for. How does that really play a part in all this?
1: I think it really, there are two types of organizations. One is an organization that has embraced research and development innovation. and It's really at its core. Mm -hmm. Those organizations do this well and, and they take a lot of risk. The other types of organizations are the more traditional organizations. They've been around for a while. They're established. Typically, in the last five to 10 years, they've added innovation or R&D budget on top of everything else. And if they haven't created a Skunk Works project or a separate team focused specifically on innovation, what they're doing is asking their current managers to think outside the box, to innovate, to get really creative. But they're not allowing them to make the changes necessary to actually innovate.
0: So does it come down to a, if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of mentality especially for those traditional companies?
1: Often it does. If you have a cash cow product or service right. and you know even tweaking it a little bit could tank your numbers for a quarter or a year, there's a lot of fear around making some of those changes. So it absolutely comes back to if it ain't broke don't fix it. You know, one of the places I've seen where people can kind of break through this fear is if they're threatened in some way. Mm. And so if I was working with an organization recently that had a really interesting new piece of technology, they're disrupting the wireless space. So they were running out of money. And so what they did is they got all the engineers in the room and said, let's throw everything out the window that we've talked about so far. What is it that we can do and really make a splash and attract investment at this point? Well, of course, they operated totally differently at that point than they had in six years prior to that. Sure. And so a threat can be one of those things that really allow people to take those risks.
0: I think that's a great example. And, uh, you know, as you said, their hand was almost forced in a way, but it probably, as you talked about it, was able to, to allow them to create in a way that they hadn't before. Is that kind of what you see as the norm in a lot of places? If you are, again, talking about these traditional organizations that it's just a matter of if they don't have to do it, there's really not the motivation on their end still?
1: It is to this point, but I think it's actually, going. You know, Change quite a bit over the next few years. Okay. The advances we've had in technology for the last 25 years have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But what's in the pipeline now, and really what's changing as far as disruption in a number of industries, it's going to force most traditional businesses. And just like I said, that the last company. There are people disrupting every single industry right now. And so the threat is much greater over the next 10 to 15 years than it has been over the last 20 to 25 years, in my mind. Sure.
0: In an article that you had written, uh, you had to mention that a lot of innovation, especially in the past, has come from sort of these Maverick-style thinkers. Do those individuals frighten some of the more traditional organizations still? Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Um, I have a really good friend and a a client that I've worked with for a long time, and she was a Maverick thinker. And Microsoft hired her and really told her, we want you to come in, we want you to shake things up, we want you to be a Maverick here. She really got bounced around in different organizations Hmm. because they weren't ready for that. You tried to rock the boat, and people just didn't respond well there. So now she's with a startup, and she's doing great. But while she was in a traditional organization like that, who most people would think they're focused on innovation, when you get somebody in who really wants to innovate, it actually, particularly the engineers, it typically uh, freaks them them out.
0: (laughs) No, that is fascinating. And even as you said, it could be an organization that you think is on the cutting edge of that kind of stuff. But still, if, uh, if it's that outside the box, they might be a little worried. If you were going to challenge individuals out there, actually, let's look at it from the company's point of view. If you're going to challenge a traditional organization out there to really dive into the innovation piece, what would you suggest to them setting up or creating to really have that safe space and allow those mavericks to come in and actually help them, as opposed to what's kind of been happening for the past few decades?
1: I think first it's, really to ask the question, why do you want to innovate? If there's a real threat from the outside, if there are people disrupting their industry or encroaching on their territory, then it really does, they, they really do need to make an investment in innovation. Mm-hmm. There's some companies who are just paying lip service and say, we want to be innovative just because that's the latest buzzword. If that's the case and nobody's really threatening them or, or encroaching on their territory, I would suggest they not focus on innovation right now. Okay. And then because they're not going to, take the risk necessary. Sure, But if they are, they do need to make that investment. My suggestion is to create a team that is separate from the current operations so that they can have risk. I would also have them make a specific investment and charge the team with a specific return on that investment as well. Okay. So it's not just pouring money down a black hole and, and they're wasting time just in exploration, but they really have to produce something. Right. And the other thing is they have to put a leader in place who's, Really credible and can and will be listened to by the executive team or the board of that company can't put anybody in that role. They have to really be able to sell the idea to really communicate how this innovation is going to serve their customer base and to make sure that it can be produced or delivered and the customers actually want it.
0: Right. I think there's some good tips for organizations on that side of things and, and creating that, that safe space, as you, as you alluded to there. How about on the individual level? You're going to have people listening to this show that is maybe in a position in their smaller organization where they're kind of expected to come up with these ideas. But as you said, maybe there's this sort of uh, uneasiness from management. How could they possibly go about getting that into their organization or being able to portray it in a way that maybe seems a little safer? Do you have any tips for those individuals?
1: Yeah, I think first you have to really, if, if you're tasked with innovation or even creating a new product or service idea, you really have to ask, what are we trying to do? Are you just asking me for incremental mm. improvement? Are you asking me to create something totally new just in our space? Are you actually asking me to innovate? Right. Those are really kind of three different areas or focus areas. And so if you don't know, if the company is unclear, my, my gut would tell me they really don't want you to innovate. <laughs> they probably want you to just get a little creative or incremental improvement. Mm-hmm. But you really have to know. And the organization, you know, if, if they can't tell you specifically what they want, that usually means they're not interested in rocking the boat too much.
0: Sure. You know, you brought up something there, and I think it's a good place to wrap up here as we get up uh, against our time creativity versus innovation. I think a lot of people just kind of swap those and think of them as being the same. What is a good way to express to the listeners that innovation really is this something that's beyond just simple creativity and those small steps? Is there a way you can illustrate that for us?
1: Innovation is absolutely creativity, but creativity isn't necessarily innovation. Creativity is combining things in new ways that may not create an entirely new product or new category. And innovation is something that has never been seen or done before. So if somebody comes to you and they say, we want to streamline our operation, and you're able to make incremental improvements on process, uh, methodology, that's not innovation. Mm -hmm. You're not introducing something totally brand new that's never been done before. You're not really innovating.
0: All right. I think that's well put. And hopefully our listeners can take all that in along with the other insights that you gave us. Coop, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your knowledge today.
1: Great. Thank you so much, Tim. It's great to be on with you.
0: And that will officially do it for us here on Moving Up the Ladder. Once again, our guest today has been Michael Cooper, the founder of Innovators and Influencers. You can find them online at innovatorsandinfluencers.com. Coop giving us some nice inside knowledge on the idea of innovation and how both individuals and companies can improve in that area. If you'd like to give us some feedback or maybe you have a suggestion for a future show, go ahead and shoot an email to Radio at localjobnetwork.com or you can find us on Twitter at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.